0: on guys we're, we're, we're fired up for another episode of a little dual podcast today we're kind of co-hosting it uh, we got push performance in here along with major league university and we are excited to dive into it um, a lot of really good stuff as far as what they do what we do and how it blends together how it how we can help athletes reach their peak performance and full potential on and off the field um, i'm austin byler we got ray mack to my left we got ashton and dj down in the bottom here and we are excited to get this thing rocking and rolling but before we get started dj ashton how are you guys doing
1: Good. I'm doing great, Austin. How are you, man?
0: Good, good.
1: I I feel like I talk to you every day now.
0: I know, man. (laughs) We've been texting more than like 80 different threads. It's awesome. (laughs) Um, I appreciate the patience though, man. It's been really fun and um, just really cool to see how we can blend together. And um, for you guys, man, we've heard a lot of great things about you. And then on my end, got to go down there to the facility last week out in Tempe, Arizona. And unbelievable great spot really cool atmosphere and a lot of great people coming in and out of that building so um, we love what you guys do big supporters and we're excited to chop this thing up man but kind of fill us in man. i know you guys started in colorado uh, we'll actually yep. be going out there as well sometime in may and, and getting to meet a lot of the crew out there which is really cool uh, but fill us in how'd you guys get started what kind of your background and, and really what led you on to this side of, of performance training
1: yeah um for me I, i'm the founder of it of push performance started it in 2011. Um, which is seems like not too long ago but it's actually a long time right um, I didn't start doing what I do with the ba- on the baseball side until I want say probably 2015 2014 probably so my background I went to Metro State University played baseball there out of high school I was like 140 pounds 510 140 pounds small had a couple of d1 offers actually uh, signed at the University of Hawaii should have went there instead of a Juco but <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. If I went to Hawaii, I'll tell you that I'd be surfing every day, but, uh, you know, I went to Southern Idaho out of high school. Uh, my dad and I sat down and talked. He was, Hey man, like you're a good baseball player, but you're way undersized for one. And for two, it's a different, different world. My dad had a good feel. He was a baseball guy. I look, I, you know, I had to take a good look at it. Like, all right, like I need to get bigger and get stronger. I would probably won't play till junior, senior year, maybe play at all. So I went to Southern Idaho my freshman year. It was a great town, great teammates, coaching staff was terrible. We had nine out of 11 uh, of us leave, freshmen leave at a junior college. Wow. It was a tough atmosphere, tough culture. Um, that taught me a lot of kind of where I'm at now, I'll get into that too. It's like culture is everything, right? Um, the leadership that they had was, you know, it was just kind of like hard-nosed and old-school and it was just like not for a lot of the guys we had, you know, I'm not saying I'm soft or anything, but it was just like under pressure for me. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. You know, yeah. from there, I, I, had the opportunity to actually go to Lamar community college, which is down in uh, Southern Colorado. We were ranked fourth in the nation. We were nasty We were like 56 and eight, I think it was 56 and 10 or something like that was our record. Uh, we actually ended up losing to South mountain in the mm-hmm. super regional um which we which we work with here now. I, know, I was um, gonna say, look at that how yeah, that. Right? Yeah. And we and we actually programmed for Lamar as well. So yeah. current, currently. So yeah. just kind of like a love-hate relationship right there. But um when I was at Lamar, our hands down best coach I ever had, uh Scott Crampton, who's now the AD there, uh really put the emphasis in the weight room. Um that was my biggest thing. You'd make fun of me for in a good way versus like what they are doing at Southern Idaho where I'd swing a wet newspaper, right? Where the But that was going backwards, you know, um, you know, moving me from third or short to second base. So they said my arm wasn't good enough, you know, and just all that kind of stuff. So it was just like, all right, well, you know, you're giving me an opportunity. You're good leading me in the right direction. And that was the culture I wanted to be a part of. Right. They gave us keys to the, to the indoor. We were able to hit 10 PM at night, access to the weight room, whenever we wanted, you know, I got bigger, stronger. I probably, when I left Lamar, I was probably 175. So I put on 20 something pounds, which is pretty sweet. Um, and then I went to uh, Metro and I was an everyday player played every single day, had a pretty good you know career there. Um, and I just fell in love with the process of the weight room. And then I took a step back and I was like, what, what's going on with baseball specific training? Right. I was doing NFL training. I was doing all this other stuff. And I had a couple of baseball players I was working with, but I just noticed how, like, I'd go to universities and visit and, like, look at how they're training their baseball players or look at how organizations are training their baseball players, and I realized the disconnect was everybody's trained, like, at that time, everybody's trained, like, a football player or they're just not doing enough, right? There's two two ends of the spectrum. It's, like, you either go all out, you know, not not, not, not for a rotational athlete or you you coddle the athlete where you're not Doing much for them you're not putting them the load, you're not stressing their body you're not doing things that you need specifically from there I just you know looked at the culture of baseball and where they're at and like the unique movements of baseball and just start to go headfirst into it um I hope I ended up starting training at 24 hour fitness I was living in Vail Colorado yes. with my my current wife uh who was my girlfriend at the time she was like hey what are you gonna do with your life I was like I want to be a be a trainer so she was like at 24 hour fitness. So I did, <laughs> I actually didn't get the job at first. Um, cause I had a beard and, what? um, dude, it's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> and so then I reapplied at a different location. I actually got the job, ended up there for like a year and a half. And they fired me because I was making too much money They that paid me too much. And every single bonus, um, they made up some BS excuse. So then I was like in a panic. I was like three, no lie, three weeks before I got married. Um, my wife and I paid for our whole wedding. I was making like two grand a month at 24 hour fitness, you know, <laughs> falling out. Um, so I ended up renting space in this office it was like an office building, like in the basement It was like 800 square feet, something like that carpet on the ground, couldn't drop weights. I was like, man, you know, I, I was talking cultures, everything. Right. And at this time I started training, um, probably the name Kevin Gosman. Yeah. He's he was fourth overall. He was a like, kind of our first bigger name athlete. And, um, I was like, I needed my own facility. So I met with this guy, um, not gonna mention his name, but he opened up, he, he went in together and opened this facility and he had his brand in a different location, but he was more so on the lines of like training general population. I asked like a year into it, I was like, dude, like this isn't for me. You're not, you don't have the same vision as me. Um, you know, I just want to be a coach at the gym. Right. And so you let me go of the, of, the, of my responsibility as an owner. And, uh, and I show up to work one day and the entire gym is gone. So all my equipment stole everything from me. Um, so I had, luckily I had, I was in the process of opening our own, our new facility in Highlands Ranch and I had a garage full of stuff and I was probably a three week layover. Thank God. But I only had 10 to 15 athletes at that time anyways. Um, so then we went to in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, and that's kind of where push performance really began so 5 a.m., 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day. Just grinding it out, meeting people, setting up meetings, building the relationship of, with the coaches we have there now or the or the colleges we have now. Um, and then, you know, 10 athletes turned into 20, 20 turned into 30, 40, 50, 100. And then we're like, oh, shoot, we need to get another facility. So then we ended up opening a facility um, in Englewood, Colorado, which is about the same size that we have now. It's 10,000 square feet. Uh, we did that about four three years ago, I want to say. And then... I started traveling here to Arizona multiple times a week, just building a clientele. And then I was like, Ash, my wife, Ash Ashley, not Ashton. Um, we're going to be moving to Arizona probably within the next couple of years. And you know, here we are. That's, that's kind of the story right there.
0: <laughs> that's so awesome, man. I like the yeah. aspect of just like the adversity. I mean, all your equipment gets sold, it's done. And then you move into yep. a new facility, you start with 10 and the next thing you know, it's thousands. It's crazy yep. how, how it evolves like that. Um, what'd you learn through the process then? Cause building a business obviously is tough and we have a lot of listeners who are coaching to build a yeah. culture or yeah. like family members who are building businesses. What, what do you have on that end?
1: Relationships is everything. Number one. Um that's how many times do I say that (laughs) Ashley? All the time.
2: Every (laughs) day. (laughs) Yeah,
1: every day. Relationships and culture is everything. Um, you know, caring for the people, people first versus money. Um, but at the same time, it's just like going through that adversity, it just teaches you like your circle shrinks, right? You don't know who you can trust. Um, you can trust a few number of people, but like if you had, you know, I had friends from college and friends from high school that I played with, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I don't, I probably talked to three of those people now at total, you know? Um, So so your circle gets real small. If they're not on the same page as what you want to do and who you are and your vibe that you're, that you're putting out, like, that's just, that's not going to work out, you know? So your circle is everything. If they're not supporting you, then, you know, you prove them wrong, essentially. And that's where I've been. It's like, how come this person over here is getting all this success and getting all the recognition and all that stuff? Because I don't care about, but it's like, I'm better than that. You know what I mean? and i think it's just when for me when i stopped caring outside the outside what's going on in our four walls that's when we kind of really took off it's like you can't have outside distractions limit your you limit your success or limit your potential right and you can't get pissed about what other people are saying about you you can't get upset with you know if somebody doesn't like the program you can't get upset with whatever cuz i have now thousands of people that love love what we're doing you know what i mean mm-hmm. um whether you train with us or not, you know, and, or people are saying like, Hey, I want to come train with you this summer. I want to do this. I want to do that next top season, you know, but then we always have those sour grapes or sour apples where it's like, you, you don't belong here. We've told kids to leave. We told athletes to leave professional athletes, you know, um, and it's just not for everybody. I to, that's the biggest thing I had to learn. And, and also as far as the culture aspect, the culture starts, I think with the athletes that you put in the door, right. Or for mm-hmm. a coach, the athletes you recruit. So, you know, you can set the culture per se with the coach as the coaching staff, but like the athletes are the ones who actually build the culture in my opinion.
0: I love that. That's just really good. Ray, what do, what do you got? Because I know you got some good stuff on culture, especially with coach Jay. And just like one thing that our old coaches say is, Hey, if I'm recruiting you, I'm picking my family. Like, I'm not, yep. I'm not just picking you to pick you because you're the best player. Like I'm picking you to be a part of my family, you and the 125 or 50 or 40, however many kids are there. Like you were picked to be a part of my family, Ray, what do you got? Yeah, no, I just wrote down
3: people over product because that's something that we've been trying to live by over the last couple of years. And and you hit it on the head that, you know, we want to put the people first and the relationship first. And and the same thing happened. I I had coached at Nevada, was really fortunate to go to University of Arizona when Jay got that job um, and then USD and UC Davis most recently. But everywhere you go, it's always the same. If you don't lay the foundation with the kids that you have and and really build that relationship first, the team itself is going to struggle in the long term. So I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying there.
0: Yeah. The, the people over profits is huge. Cause I mean, we're the same way, right? Like they put in people first relationship building those types of things, but it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. And that's the hardest part for, I think a lot of people is like, let's say it, say it, say it, but are we going to take the action to do it? Um, something that we pride ourselves on is like, Hey, if there's a, if we're running a camp, right. And somebody can't afford it, dude, just come. Like you don't have to say, you know, I'm not going to exclude you because you can't get here. Like we know that there's financial barriers and that's kind of what we're doing with the NFT project. So it's like, Hey, we can use this to help you get into here for free. So you get the experience and maybe it changes that kid's life forever because of that environment or that culture. Like you guys have just being in the room with other people who are striving for something uh, great in their life. So that is huge. Now there, here's a question that I wanted to ask you guys too. And this was something that you brought up when I was down there in the facility last week. It's Like, hey, when we're gonna connect with people, we're gonna get people in here. I'm like, what's the the problem statement? And it was people don't always know exactly what we do, and it's yeah. crazy because like <laughs> just some of the coaches that I connect you guys with are like, dude, love what you guys do. I see it all the time. I hear about it, this, and like people know it, but I don't know if they always know exactly what you do or exactly what yeah, we do. Do you right? know, what <laughs> yeah. I know? I know. Like, do you really know, or do you just see this dude is balling yeah. out? Um, yeah. But so for the listeners out there who are curious, and we have a lot of Arizona listeners. Like, what exactly do you guys do, and how do you aid in that developmental process for an athlete growing up through the ranks?
1: I mean, yeah, it's for me, it's like generalization was everything, right? When in, in sport. So mm-hmm. I took a step back and it's like everything is customization for us, right? Where they're I like that, um, you're, you're going to come in, you're going to come in, you're going to, it doesn't matter if you're, if there's two left handed pitchers side by side at 175 pounds and they both throw 94 miles an hour, right? They move differently. They have different demands in their body. They have different issues. You know, the nuts and bolts, they have the same characteristics, but one might, one might have, and so then we're going to look at the whether you move in our assessment process. From that assessment process, we're going to look at the way you move on the mound as a pitcher, let's say, as a pitcher. Um, and then, so we'll look at your pitch profile as, you know, on the track man, we're going to look at your um your video on the mound and then we're going to compare it to what we see in our assessment the way you move dynamically and um statically on the table right um we understand that the static portion of it is more so the injury prevention the dynamic portion is more so the performance side i can't say injury prevention injury reduction sorry um there's no such thing as preventing injuries but you know so we'll look at that so say like a say that say one left that one lefty is a high vertical break guy has throws you know, up in the zone a lot, you know, whatever, whatever he has his pitch characters to be, what are his X, Y, Zs for his off speed? How, what fastball grip is he throwing? Why is he throwing that fastball grip, right? The next guy is more of so a horizontal movement guy, right? So he's throwing more two, two seams versus four seams, probably sliders versus curveballs. balls. Um, so looking at why he moves that way. And then the lefty that rotates well is going to be the guy that is throwing two-seam fastballs. So we are going to add, keep him rotating throughout the program, maybe get him to create more stability. He's less stiff, a better mover, right? Another guy is going to be a forcing guy that throws high vertical break. He's going to have more lateral flexion, lateral tilt, um, higher arm slot, uh, forcing the break, like I said before, more of a curveball versus a slider, get, get, diving in that way. And then, you know, looking at uh, rotations, we look at all athletes as rotational athletes, right? It doesn't matter if you're a sprinter, if you walk um, if you run whatever you're doing golfer tennis player even a football player right every time you walk you're in rotation right like Mm -hmm. that's rotating um so we need to allow these guys to rotate but also some guys over rotate so how are we going to stop that um some guys lack internal rotation some guys lack external rotation so we're going to bias exercises in the weight room to get you to achieve better external rotation and say your pelvis right or we're going to get you in a rear foot elevated split squat position to bias your, your internal rotation in your pelvis. Um, so we can manipulate what you're doing on the mound and make it more specific in the weight room, but at the same time, not taking the nuts and bolts of core exercises away that's going to get you stronger, faster, all those different things. So we want to work off this what's called the strength speed continuum going into season. So you come to us in the off season, you get your assessment, start in the strength phase, address your deficiencies, and then, kind of go up from there right where we're going to start adding power when spring training gets closer or the high school season gets closer adding you know more sprint output more different things that's going to keep you on the field longer and get you more explosive so once your velocity program starts in the weight room or in the with us in our growing program we're going to start moving faster in the weight room so you got to compare the two then we also got to make sure that we have high days and low days right where we have If you have a bullpen or a side, you're going to be lifting that day because that's a high day. The next day is going to be a complete off day. So you can uh, manage your CNS fatigue, your, your, you know, decrease in performance that way where you're, if you instead of going high, 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 like where you have a bullpen or a side, a lift, long toss, lift, game, like you never have a, you never have time off, right? You're never going to recover. So on our off days, we give them movement, movement stuff, personalized movement stuff. To regain losses of range of motion, they might see our physical therapist at Next Era, um, whatever it may whatever it may be that that's needed. Um, and you know, it's fully comprehensive to each athlete what they have. Each athlete has their own individual plan, whether it's position player, pitcher, whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, I like the uh, individualization of everything too where yeah. hey if you're this guy boom here if you do this if you do that well and then yeah. for me when I played man I had no no rotation at all <laughs> so <laughs> is there like an internal and external deficiency in somebody because that was me I'm sure it was like <laughs> hips are locked It's like hey, just unlock these things a little bit um yeah. which I really really like that's really interesting so no I love it man especially the, the having the rest days and not just being super high all the time like having time to rest and and kind of yeah. cool down um really key really really key Ray you got anything no, I was just, I was interested
3: to hear how Ashlyn got involved in this whole deal. So like, I obviously DJ founded this whole thing, but when did Ashlyn get involved?
2: Yeah. So uh, I'm Ashlyn. <laughs> um, my background <laughs> is I used to work in sports marketing. Um, I worked for um, spring training at Camelback Ranch to the Dodgers and the White Sox. I was the marketing coordinator out there. Um, and I also worked for the Diamondbacks doing community affairs. So I was interested in the world of baseball. And I took a little break and worked more on the PR marketing side and I moved to California. And then um, my dad, Mark Meisner, he's also, he's one of the um, partners at our Arizona location. Um, And they're looking to just kind of have more of a, you know, work on social media, kind of help with operations, bring everything, just help everything, streamline everything. And I was looking to kind of move out of that corporate setting And I was like, I could do it. I'm happy to do that. Um, So I found just kind of how much you know I got to kind of mix both of my worlds of marketing and um, you know being a fan of baseball and working in baseball. So kind of perfect setting for me. And um, I also am a yoga instructor. So with our pro guys that during the off season, I was able to kind of take a more baseball specific um, approach because you know there's certain positions they shouldn't be in. We don't want to cause any other issues. Um, So once a week on kind of the mobility days or movement days, um, a bunch of our guys would do baseball specific yoga as well. So kind of wearing a lot of different hats, um, learning under DJ along along the way. But yeah, that's kind of my story mixed into everything.
3: That, that's awesome we we started yeah. our guys at uh san diego on the yoga plans and yeah. at first you get a little bit of pushback uh you know a bunch of 20 year old dudes doing yoga together but eventually sure. they're like they're buying in you know what i'm yeah. saying so well the awesome. first year
2: we did it guys were like oh don't know if i need this
3: it's just <laughs> yeah. what i
2: normally yeah. do and then yeah. had some guys feeling good and guys telling me like i'm looking forward to thursday and it just kind of had a a shift, and I would explain to them, you know, why we're doing certain things, and just always went back to that as well, which is what we believe in, also. So um, they kind of trusted me more with that. So that was that was a nice little shift there.
3: Yeah. It goes back to the relationships again, absolutely, right. and and the way you guys are handling the the holistic approach to athletes and really specific specifying on what each guy's problems or uh, deficiencies are, I think is really awesome.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we also that.
1: take that. We also take that. Uh, that customization approach to uh, the team setting too, right? Yeah. Where we have multiple teams that we work with, from universities, call it like junior colleges, high schools all around the nation, where each guy's still on a somewhat customized program, right? We've we've come up with the system that you know allows us to customize, but also get through fifty to sixty dudes at one time, you know, uh, whether you're a freshman or a senior, everybody's still able to work out together and, you know, have success, whether you're, you know, player X is doing this, player Y is doing this. Right. So um, that's something that we've been able to do also is, you know, being able to add more teams to a kind of our pot versus just, just the individual uh, athlete itself.
3: How does that work? So if I'm coaching in Northern California for per se, I have a high school team and I want to get involved with you guys. What's, what's the first step. And like, then what would you guys do with my team to get them
1: all kind of, situated. Ashley, you want to talk about first step?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so it depends. So for example, so if you were in California or in a different state, um, we'd either have a coach go out there or kind of just kind of discuss, you know, if we wanted to set up remote assessments, typically it's easier to have someone out there to kind of get that going for a team setting, but we basically go through all of the athletes um doing kind of like a mini assessment not as extensive as our assessments in-house but it's kind of a one-off but we'll put them into four groups um so it's not fully customized but based off of kind of what we're seeing so we have the foundation groups so the hypomobile hypermobile and then more advanced and those same two as well and then we split them up and we have the programs for all four groups and, um, we're able to, you know, progress as needed. And then sometimes athletes will be like, wait, I want a fully customized. I'm really liking how this is working so far. And we'll have those athletes doing their own programs as well. Um, so if we were, if we were in a remote setting, we'd kind of set you guys up and then from there have check-ins, you know, come out as needed with one of our high schools. We currently have, we have him go out, go out three times a week, actually, cause they're really, they've really been enjoying it. Um, and they just set up their lifts, whether that's, you know, some teams have it, you know, built in as a class or before school or whatever that looks like. We, we're flexible with that. Um, we make sure that you know we get them what they need and that they're progressing, and we can adjust where, like I said, as needed throughout.
1: And then, That's awesome. if you're if you're say in California or wherever a location where we're not, we'd have a coach go out at yes. the beginning of the season, and then say you had uh, the beginning of the season assessments. You played season. We do postseason assessments going to off season for guys. I'm
0: like that. Yeah, the, the customization is really cool. And, and it's kind of like blending the mental and the physical sides of the game. And, and you said something important there. There's like the core lifts that we're going to do, the core exercises that we're going to do to build strength, power, et cetera. Um, it's kind of the same in the mental side, too. It's like, here's the core things that everybody's going to do. And then here's the individualization with certain guys, like whether I yep. feel more stress and anxiety, whether I carry a lot of burdens, whether I have the past or whatever it might be per athlete. So I like that piece, too, to where you individualize it a little bit within the team setting, because it's not like hey, everybody's going to do the exact same thing. And you mentioned something the other day. It was like in the professional setting, it's like a starting pitcher doing the same thing as like a, a 40-year-old shortstop. It was like these these don't really go together very well. It's like we like somebody's going to need something different per position and whatever that might be. So um, right. I really like that piece a lot. It's really good. Ray, you got anything else? No, I was just thinking I was just thinking. I need to get my 30-year-old ass on this thing. I know. know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in the you way know, of like, I walk, I run, back. I I go back and forth. Like, I'm not very specialized here. I need some help.
2: (laughs) Yoga as well. I love yoga. Big fan.
0: High yoga, big fan. Even Pilates. Like I'm probably throwing myself under the bus here, but I'm a big fan of Pilates. I don't do it recently, but I need to get back. (laughs) But it's like, you get the core strength, you move and I don't move well. So it helps you feel good. And you get the visualization at the end. It's like, it's the best of both worlds. Um, big, Big fan of that. So who are you now? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Love yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. let flip yeah. the script. Um, so, we're major league university. A lot of the stuff that we do is remote. So, we're I'm based in Arizona, Ray Max in California, and then we have our guy Nick in Vegas, but he's moving to Texas soon. Um, and then our boy QB in Hawaii and Jared JP. Our blog writer, he's out in DC. So we're covering all all parts of the map. We just hired a, a couple of people on to do more of like the one on one mental skills training. um Gabe down in Southern California, and then Carly, she's awesome out in Pennsylvania. Um, so we're we're kind of starting to expand and grow, but a lot of things we do is train athletes to the middle side of the game. Um, Really a lot of team specific training. And then we'll do the individual work as well. Um, Some one-on-one where it's more personalized with an athlete and the way that we like to label It's like, if you're coming to us, you don't have a problem, right? I think a lot of athletes, there's like this stigma or this connotation that if I go see somebody for help, I have an issue. I have a problem. We're not like a therapist or somebody to walk you through this. It's No, this is to elevate your game and to take you to the next level and to help you think in a different way that can help you perform more consistently. And so that's really how we like to to label it and say it with our teams or individuals. Um, And so we're we're really growing that aspect. Uh, The biggest part is kind of going into teams and helping them come together. You mentioned the culture earlier. We can really see a culture from a certain from certain teams that are like dialed in and they know what they're doing versus teams that might be a little all around, right. And individualized and, and separated. So i um, bringing teams together. A lot of the team building aspect when we do go and work with, with programs and then um, some speaking as well on mental health, so those are kind of the main things. And then we got our camps too, so we got a lot of segues, <laughs> But but the thing with the camps is uh, we use that as a way to impact the mind, right? We get them in there with the physical skills, using our backgrounds and coaching and playing, and um, being able to just give them some opportunities to impact the mind in a uh, an easier way, right? You go in there for some skills, and then you get some visualization and some some pregame processes and in game processes, and next thing you know, you leave better than you've been because you found something that can help you slow down and focus in the moment so uh, we use those camps as a great way to impact the mind get athletes together and and bring them together Um, really where we got into this too was for me Ray Mack came on what two years ago now about almost coming up this August Uh, he stepped away from coaching kind of went back to coaching and then came back in which has been awesome huge help but through my playing days in in college and pro ball um, dealt with a lot of anxiety a lot of depression Uh, and even though the the physical skills and the stats were there in the stat column the mental mindset and emotional health was not there Uh, using a lot of prescription medications just to get by with painkillers and those types of things and and that was kind of my my deal right that's how I shut out the world and shut out the the failure or the success and just hey stayed in my lane Um, I remember going every Thanksgiving Christmas you go back for for school and I'm sure you guys did the same thing and it's how's baseball how's baseball how's baseball how's your sport but how are you like like, what about you the person and Mm -hmm, so for a long time kind of dealt with that and kept it all in until eventually, I failed a drug test in professional baseball. Uh, was having a lot of success, and then boom, that just kind of sent me sent me sideways and down a spiral. And um, after that, man, 2018 was changed, was saved, and um, had a lot of started work on the mental side. Started to do gratitude, started to meditate again, started to get into some some just proactive tools that could help us and me really at the time get out of my own way and uh, went into that spring training film better than I've ever felt. And from that point on, it's like, man, we need to seek this. We need to start doing this because seeing it in the professional setting, I mean, 95% of my teammates were dealing with the same things, right? The stress, the pressure that you put on yourself and, and that you get externally. And then going down to high school and youth kids, right? With social media and those types of things in comparison. So um, that's really where we come in is like bridge the gap, like help you process through that, help you have some tools to stay equipped um, and to go into battle, uh, to play freely, right? With football mentality.
1: So how do you, so how do you approach a kid or how does a kid approach you? How does a kid know that he needs to, you know, like start, you know, seeking help outside help. Right. Cause a yeah. lot of time as athletes, we're going to be like a lot of hard headed. I don't need help. I don't need this. I don't need that. Right. So how do we get an athlete to not only worry about the, the mental performance side of stuff, but the anxiety stuff, that, you know, those are all things I've dealt with as well. Right. Um, I'm open about that kind of stuff too. And you know, like for me, it's like how, how would I have known that you're there and what you truly do to help me out? Right. So how does, how do you get an athlete to buy in first after the first conversation?
0: Yeah. It's, it's usually for me relating to them with my story. Like, dude, I've been at the top of the ranks. I've been highly rated. I've been all this cool stuff in, in the stat column or on a resume sheet, but this is how I was feeling too. Right. I can relate to you. I can empathize with you and, and where you're at. You're, you're hundred percent spot on a lot of athletes. are like, ah, like I'm too good for that. Like I'm going to go work out and get big and get massive. But then you get out on the field and you're the five o'clock hitter, like all of a sudden in the game, nothing's working for you and you don't really even realize it. So there is a lot of that. And that's what we fight sometimes. And if you, if you're not bought in, then that's okay. Right. Same thing for you. Like it's not for everybody Like we want athletes who are bought in and ready to go, because those are the ones that get the most out of the training. Um, when you go into a team setting, it's always interesting because one of our old coaches and guys really who sparked us, he came into Nevada. Uh, we've done some stuff with him as well. Dean Wellems, team elite performance, and, and he travels the world to do this with a lot of really high level teams and just learning a lot from him. And, and he said something one day uh, that really stuck with me is like, Hey, 10% of the guys are going to, or girls are going to be bought in 10% are going to be totally sold out. And the other, like, in the middle can go either way. It's like, how do you get that 80% to the top 10%? And so for us, at least when we go into a program, it's one being real. Like we're not coming in suit and tie. I'm not coming in, um, trying to like fancy you with all this resume and stuff. Like, no, we're going to relate to you. We're going to empathize with you. And we're going to share our stories that we went through as players. And regardless of the sport, a lot of athletes are dealing with things, right? Whether they're go to the, like the extensiveness of using drugs or anything like that, or it's just, Hey, my parents are hard on me and I feel like I'm always playing for my parents and not myself and so those things happen and um, a lot of the times the, the parent will reach out about some of our stuff and then our college and pro guys they'll reach out as well because they're more I guess older and more mature with it but um, after that first conversation man it's just relating to them with our story hey we've been here we've been in your shoes I'm not just some crazy psychologist that's here to try and trip you out or anything you know like nothing wrong with it but we've been in your shoes we get where you're at and we can help lead you to where you want to go and uh, at least have as much fun as you can during the journey that you have
1: for, you know, we see, we see it a lot with athletes, like their parents pushing too much, right. Mm-hmm. Where right. that's an actual, actual issue. It's not so much the player itself. Like we have a couple of kids where actually I can't even say we, we, I've had a couple of kids in Colorado specifically that the, the kid wants it, but the parent pushes so hard that they just mm-hmm. drown them out, you know? And yeah. I mean, how much stuff are you doing for the parents on that side of things? How much do you, you know, how much are you, uh, talking to them and doing leadership with the parent. like hey, like not so much parenting, right? but like, hey, like let us take the reins of your kid, trust us with this process. Mm-hmm. And you know, how much do you guys do with on the parent side?
0: We'll tell like with the parents, I'll tell them, hey, just be honest and real with me, like share with me what you have if it's a one on one or if it's a group thing. like just hey, share whatever you're seeing. and then I'll use kind of what you say and see into our conversations of what I'm getting from the athlete. But that's a big piece because a lot of the parents are putting so much pressure and I'll yeah. see kids that in practices are like looking back at their parents the whole time, or they're so focused on what mom and dad think or grandma, grandpa, instead of like, what can I do here? What can I control? Um, we don't do a ton of like seminars for parents, but we're starting to get more of those because we've noticed the big need for them. Like hey, just, and a lot of parents want something because they don't even know, like some parents never played a sport. And they're trying to, like, they're yelling at their kid and saying, hit the freaking ball, but they don't realize how hard it is to hit the ball sometimes, especially when you're thinking about your parent yelling at you in the back. And then there's other stuff going on. So uh, we should probably do more of those seminars and things. But um, sometimes at our camps, we'll have the parents in and we'll just share with them like, hey, here's three things that you can do. Like, hey, encourage your kid, love your kid. The first question is, like, how are you doing not hey, you suck or bad pitch or that umpire was terrible. Like, take it away from the game. Let's go more lifestyle. I still love you. I still care about you. And when you show that you care, at least the kid doesn't feel like they're a burden when they get in the car. And um, I think that is for parents out there listening to that car ride home or to the game is the most important time. I mean, I still remember my talks with my dad and some other parents who took us to games and just how important it was to, to bond together, to talk about things and to not be so focused on, you went 0 for three. What were you thinking today? <laughs> more of like, dude, that was pretty good. Wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. Hey, what do you want for dinner? Like take the, the focus off the sport so much and put it more on the person. And you start to see a lot more success and you see the kids free up. Um, sometimes we got to step in and say, look, like, I'm sorry, Johnny, but you're putting so much pressure on your kid that no matter what we talk about in these meetings, your son is not going to perform any better. Your daughter is not going to perform any better. And I've seen it on both ends, male, female, it doesn't matter, um, where mm-hmm. we've had some parents who are just way too invested in it, um, even to where some parents show up for batting practice at a college game right before the game starts. <laughs> like, they thinking about that. It's like, dude, get out, let the coach do their thing. So um, you kind of got to draw the line, address it in the beginning. But at the end of the day, if somebody's not going to listen, they're not going to listen. Um, and for us, like, hey, to the kids, we'll say, look, if it is a, a situation like this and if they open up and share with us, look like you got to respect your parents, they're your parents, they're there for you until you get out of their house like that's part of it and we've had some college guys who are still living in their parents' house who are getting bombarded with some of this. Um, but look, it's your journey, not their journey. Like they might want it more than you, that's okay, but you just got to understand that they're doing this because they care about you and they think it's the best way to go about it. Is it the right way? I don't always agree with it. But it's their best way in their mind of how they think they should go about it. So just acknowledge that, and then go, "Hey, it's my journey, my career, my moment. Let me go out and work for myself."
1: 100. It's just teaching the parent how to have feel, right? Yeah. You know, it's like what truly is fuel in the baseball world, and the parent needs to learn that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. at around like 13 or 14, we see a lot of kids get you know, quote unquote, burn out. Right? Mm-hmm. They either they get on the bigger field. There's more pressures. There's whatever it may be going into high school. Um, you know, how much, how much are you guys targeting that age group, the 12, you know, 11, 12, 13 year old guys, like, what can you do for that age group?
0: Yeah. It's a big age group. I mean, we're going, yeah. we go to Colorado in May. Um, that's really how the thing got set up. We're working with an eighth grade team, right? Feeder team, they're, they're seventh, eighth graders. And it's that time, right? So puberty starting to hit emotions are starting to hit testosterone or whatever else is happening. And, and people are changing, right? Then, like you said, you get on a bigger field. Some guys get better. Some people don't get as good. Um, so at that point it's, it's like this, to me, it's like the most crucial time for the kids because you're preparing them for high school. You're getting them ready for what they're going to expect and what they're getting into anyways, high school-wise. A lot of the kids are going to competitive high school, so they're already kind of nervous or they're feeling the pressure of like, I got to make the team or whatever that might be. Um, So just preparing them with with little things that can help them. I call it the mental highlight reel. It's just a part of our visualization process to help them see themselves succeed, maneuver through situations on the game and just help slow their mind down a little bit before they get out there. Um, I'm big on winning the zero period. I call that the preparation period, the time before the game. And for all athletes, It's like, Hey, what's in my control, the beginning of my day, the end of my day, what's not in my control, the middle of my day, same thing as a game before the game after the game, but that game, not in my control, right? Whatever happens is going to happen. I can only control so much. So I really teach athletes that preparation period. How do you get your mind body in the right place to go into your, your sport, whatever it might be to go compete at your best. And it doesn't mean slamming four Red Bulls and popping some other things that that probably aren't going to help you, right? But it might feel like it does. And so for them, it's like, hey, here's a ways to slow yourself down. And some guys need to be amped up, right? Some girls need to be amped up. It's the same thing. So it's just kind of learning the athlete and giving them a bunch of resources and tools. And then, hey, if this works for you, cool. Take one nugget out of this that's going to help your game, that can help you slow down.
1: How much much stuff are you doing on the follow-up stuff with these teams that you're working with?
0: Yeah, a lot of it will follow through. Um, We're big fans. So eventually, well, initially we said, hey, we're going in once we're going to do the one time hitter. Boom, we're in or out. We're done. Well, after a couple of those, it was it was great practice. It's still good practice. It's fun but like, we want to build that relationship. Like we want to be along the journey with you. Like if you win a championship, I want to feel part of that championship. Ray wants to feel part of that championship. QB in Hawaii wants to feel part of that championship, right? So for us, like the follow follow-up's big. And so, I mean, even today I have like a list of a couple coaches that I'm calling that are some of our college teams that we've worked with just to see how they're doing. Like I see it from the outside, how they're doing, but I want to know the internal, like, how are your guys doing? How are you guys holding up as a staff? Like, is there anywhere we can help? Do we need to pop a zoom session in and just kind of get their mind Mind's right, going into playoffs, like what are the things that we can do to help? Um, I think some people are more like, hey, each session is going to cost this, this, or this. Well, that's great. Like, yeah, there's the price. It's a business. Those things happen. But for us, hey, if you need like an emergency session or something to just kind of pump you up a little bit or just slow them down, let's go. Like, let's do this thing. So a lot of follow up with the coaches. Um, if it's a team, it's more with the coach than any of the players. But, uh, the older teams especially the college teams they're more apt to reach out and to pick our brains and say hey i'm going through this at this point what do you got for me coach or how would you handle this or what do you think in here um, so a lot of the good follow-up there and it goes back to what you said in the beginning the relationships right it's one thing to go in crush it and then leave it's another thing to a, sustain that throughout the season check in with them periodically and just be there for them and that's where we're trying to grow our team a little bit so we have more coaches that can go handle some of these things too
1: yeah. That's what led me to that question. It was like that relationship aspect. Mm-hmm. That's, that's number one key. Right. And speaking yeah. of relationship, people don't really realize the, the, the correlation and the cohesiveness of the mind and body relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. You need yeah. to have your mind right to get your body right. And you have your body right to get your mind right.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and you know, you know that Ashton with, you know, through the yoga stuff, but you know, it's like looking, I look at like everything is <laughs> in one, right. If your nutrition is bad, your sleep's going to be bad. If your sleep's going to be bad, your decisions are going to be bad. If your decisions are bad, mm. then you're, you know, you're yeah. going to be worse on the field. Right. Um, yeah. And then going in the weight room stuff, it's like working out is also uh, the, the, you know, decreases anxiety. Right. that's a piece of yeah. the puzzle to that. Right. Just because of the science and all that kind of stuff and releasing, releasing certain things in your brain, that's going to allow you to be at the top of your game. You know, and then yes. you start adding that that mind training aspect to your body training. It's and it's it's huge, right? And if you don't have that mind training, you don't want to go to the gym. You don't want to do the extra things. You just get become lazier. You know. Yes. So people need to realize that the mind controls everything. It's the biggest, strongest muscle in your body. You know, and if you don't have your mind right, you everything else on the table
0: is you know pointless you're spot on, man. There was a Ray Mack read a study in our leadership academy. I think what, maybe six months to a year ago, Ray, the Switzerland study about exercise. Yeah. Running by me again though. Okay. I think it was like, (laughs) this is what I got from it. We're talking about depression and anxiety. And and I think it was Switzerland and I think that maybe it's just because I want to go to Switzerland. I don't know. Maybe that's just my thing. But um, it was one of those two countries. And the study was trying to see, like, what did exercise, just daily exercise, three times a week? It didn't even have to be daily, just three times a week of, like, 30 minutes of exercise. What does that do for our mental health? And the, the study, I believe, was 75% or more of people who claim to be depressed or anxious or just have extreme, like, sorts of anxiety and those types of things when they exercise three times a week or more for that 30 to 45 minute window that they were studying their, uh, their mental health, their like increased massively, their depression significantly decreased, their anxiety significantly decreased the, the cortisol like levels in their body decreased. It was insane. So stress and all this other stuff was released due to just moving your body. So I'm a big fan. Jim quick says he's like, um, Oh, now I'm on the spot and I'm losing it. It says, uh, when you when your body moves, your brain grooves, when your when your body moves, your brain grooves, it's like, dude, I'll take my calls on walks because when I'm walking, I just feel yeah. alive. I'm with nature. Like I'm feeling, even if it's a hundred degrees out, like whatever, like I just feel better when I'm moving, you know, when I'm sitting stagnant, I don't like it. I just feel like, you know, it's just kind of stuck. So, um, moving your body is so important. And like you said, the brain is the most important muscle and it's like tying the two together, right? Blending them together. Um, for an athlete out there too and another question back to you guys and we'll wrap up here in, in a sec but like how does that work right like within the, the program what have you noticed that when athletes really take both sides seriously and even if it's just the physical side but maybe they seek some outside help or they just read and do things that might help them mentally that they're just doing right as a part of their their process how have you seen that elevate their game and just keep them more focused and um i guess in their developmental process
1: i, I think it's more common. As- down to confidence, honestly, Mm. right? They they're trusting what they've done in the past Mm -hmm. on the brain side, on the nutrition side and on the weight room side and on the sleep side, that everything they're doing, if the results are going to take care of themselves, they might catch four barrels in the game with 110 exit velocity, but go over four, you know? So it's like, Hey, like you got to look at the, not the outcomes, but the the process. Right. Mm. And I think that's what kids see is, you know, like if they can control their process versus their outcomes, for us, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's why you're having success. That's why you're going to your dream school. That's why you got drafted. That's why you're now in the big leagues. That's why you're now you're an all-star. That's why you're in the contention for Cy Young. That's why you're doing different things that we've had our guys do because they have this right. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, l- probably I would say 85 to 90% of our guys don't even ask about like metal, metal stuff. Would you say, Ashton? Yeah like that's, that's a big disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, if we can, if we coaches, we're, you know, we see these kids more than their, their parents do, right? Yeah. So if we can, yeah. if we can start, you know, having that conversation with, with each athlete and each coach has a normal conversation with the kid, like you said earlier, asking how you're doing versus like, how was your game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the number one thing. Like I always make fun of kids when they come in it's like, Hey man, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah they tell me how they're doing. They walk away. I'm like, you don't give a shit how, how I'm doing. You know, yeah, um, yeah. like, what about, what about me? I'm a yeah. person too. But I just, I, <laughs> know, I joke, I joke, I joke about that too. Like, and truthfully, like not a lot of people ask how I'm doing at the gym just because I'm running, I'm controlling, I'm doing a bunch of different things. Right. So for me, it's like, I want to ask, I know how it makes me feel when somebody asks how I'm doing. So I'm going to ask that kid how, you know, how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So if you can, if you can just start with that aspect right there, like that and put a smile on a kid's face that's that's what's important right then that then that relationship is built and then once they buy in and trust you you can pretty much do the dumbest exercise in the world in their program (laughs) they're going to trust you you know what i mean Uh, not Not saying not that that, that we we
0: do that yeah
1: just (laughs) but but you know it's Mm. just like i I could try something with a kid if i wanted to right or i could kind of go you know, Hey, like, this is how I traditionally do things, but I'm going to kind of go off, off, you know, try something else with you in, in you know, this plyo program or this, this throwing program or whatever, whatever it may be, just because they buy in that trust with you, with building that relationship, talking about their day and talking about taking their stress about, you know, off, off their plate about baseball. Because one thing I learned working with the big league guys we work with, like 95% of the conversations I have with these guys aren't about baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, The last thing I want to do is talk about baseball when I come home, you know, like, yeah, I'll watch my guys on TV and I'll, you know, support them that way. But, you know, it's like sometimes it's a grind for me to even play with my six year old just because I'm around it all the time, diving in it all the time. Right. But, you know, like we these guys have wives, they have kids, they have, you know, a girlfriend, you know, in high school or whatever they may, whatever they may be. Um, you know, the youth kids have their, their adversities, right. They might not be fitting in at school. They have different, different aspects. So, you know, asking them how they're doing versus asking them how their game is goes a long way in our opinion, you know, and, and, uh, you know, once they, like I said, once they buy in then then their potential is there, then we're, then we get to do what we're really good at. You guys are good on that side of things. We're good at the development side, the placement side, you know, keeping guys healthy
0: all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. And it's just a simple question is how are you you know like just like showing that you care and and it's for a lot i'm sure you guys have been amazed that somehow some kids will open up and they might not ask us how we're doing because i I never get it either like even with some coaches like i sometimes only get it and so it's like man like i got stuff to tell you like if you ask if you just say how are you well i'm going to tell you exactly how i feel i'm not just going to say good right like most kids are like good Okay, cool. Like, go get your work in. <laughs> See say, you later. I'd say
1: you know? 98% of them say that. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. Like, no, really, like, how are you? Yeah. Like, how are you doing?
2: What's funny yeah. is sometimes at the front, because I'm at the front when you walk into push in Arizona, and um, I'll ask some some guys and they'll be like, Oh, I'm exhausted. Like, I just played <laughs> four games. I have like pitched whatever and I haven't slept. And I'll be like, Okay, make sure you tell your strength coach. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 it's like I need to lift heavier today. And you're like, Yep. No, that's not, that's yep. not good. So it's just interesting. Cause you know, th- these kids, especially I've noticed just go through so much and they have so much on their plate and they have homework afterward and they, you know, just all these things. So trying to really communicate with them too. And like, like you said, like see where their heads at and um, folk, maybe we don't lift as heavy today because your body is not working correctly right now. Yes. So just yes. communication, always coming back to that as well. And sometimes I'm the ears at the front and have to, send a text to a coach, be like, Hey, this, this guy's really tired today.
1: And that's that's where the communication aspect comes into play too, right? Where the athlete needs to communicate with this coach on that aspect, because then we can communicate with them on the importance of rest recovery. You know, we, maybe we can meditate today. Maybe we can, you know, do a Bible study today. Maybe we can do whatever, whatever it may be that you need to do to get your mind right for the next day. Right. 1% better every day. Is not going full throttle every single
0: day? Mm-hmm. I love that. That is, I mean, that's getting clipped for sure. I know we're <laughs> clipping that one right there. You're gonna see it on Twitter. You see it on IG. Hopefully TikTok, if we can figure TikTok out. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, the, same. You're, same. We yeah, I know. We don't know. I have like one person on there. I know. It's like I see my fiance. She she knows what to do. But it's like I'm not like that funny. I don't think. Like I'm like a weird yeah. funny. And it's like. I'm not going no shirt, you know, it's like, I don't know. Like certain things play on TikToks. I'm not a TikTok. I don't, maybe I'm just limiting belief. I'm, uh, Ray, coach me up, coach me up. Uh, but the the things that, two things that you guys mentioned, one, like you said earlier, DJ, like just putting a smile on their face. Like, hey, just put a smile on their face. That might be the only smile they get all day. I mean, from school to homework to baseball to home and who knows what they're dealing with there. Like we don't even know anybody's story. Right. Till we really get to ask them. And even then they could be holding back. And then number yeah. two, Ashton, for you, like you being in the very front, you could be the most crucial part of that athlete's day as well. Like just them walking in, seeing a smile. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm. I was good. I thought I was going to say good, but maybe I'm not good, you know whatever it is. Like just right. being there as that first person that can just lay that nugget or just even just a touch of of happiness, right, in their life is huge. I remember uh then we'll kind of wrap up here in a second and we've been we've been rolling but There was a really good thing. It was when we were first getting into the speaking and I didn't know where we wanted to go with this. And, um, we serve with fellowship of Christian athletes as well in town. And we do a lot of things with them kind of worldwide. And we were up in Reno and doing some things with a school and, uh, it was an FCA group and it was like bringing some kids in and well, they kind of botched it because they didn't promote it at all. They just said that there was gonna be something. So when they messed up on the announcements, they said, Hey, guest speaker in room 204, former professional athlete in Nevada Wolfpack. Well, up there in Nevada is like the team, right? So most mm-hmm. people are kind of like Nevada Wolfpack, baseball. Like, cool. I don't know what happened, but like 40, 50 kids start rolling in. I'm like, whoa, there was one kid in here before. Now there's like all these <laughs> kids rolling in. Like maybe yeah. that's how you should get kids into the word, right? I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. But I'm in there and we're, we're giving a talk. I'm just sharing my story. And this is like my fifth time ever sharing it. right? So I'm nervous and, and scared. And we, we wrap up, we're done. It's 15 minutes and everybody starts to leave. They go eat their pizza, their donuts. But there's one kid that's like, like in tears. And he's in the middle of the room and I can tell he doesn't fit in. Right. I can tell he's an outcast in the thing. Like they might, I don't know what they call him, but you just tell there's something going on right deeper. And so I go up to him and start talking to him. Like, I think his name was Charles. I'm like, Charles, like, how are you, man? Like, what's going on? He's like, I just want to let you know that I wasn't going to come in here today. And I've been contemplating taking my life. I'm like, Oh, I'm not like a therapist, right? Do I tell somebody? Do I call the principal? I I don't know what to do in this moment. I'm just like a normal dude. And so I started talking with him. He's like, man, just the things that you were sharing about being alone, about feeling this way, about the anxiety. like." that related to me, I was feeling the same way. And and it was weighing on me because I don't fit in at school. He just like empties out everything in his life. And I don't know what happened with him, but I know that conversation, just being able to listen. I didn't have to say anything, but for him to just share it with me. And I'm like, I'm changed forever by it as well. But you never know why somebody walks through that door. You never know why you walk through the door, right, in those teams. So I think it just goes back to the purpose of what we all do. And a reminder, like, look, like we get caught up in the grind. There's a lot that goes on but taking care of the people in our control today, the people that walk through our doors or that we walk into their schools or their rooms, like somebody needs us, right? And just to be that positive inspiration to them is so key. So. Um Oh, yeah, well, awesome. sweet! this has been awesome guys but i mean this has flown by it's been an hour almost so we're, we're <laughs> excited about this um we'll wrap this thing up and and get rolling but um ray ashton and dj we appreciate you guys man everything that everybody in here is doing and if there's any way that we can continue to help you guys as well grow arizona worldwide wherever it is you guys do a great job we're big supporters and this has been awesome so we'll have a bunch of a bunch of good clips coming out soon but um Heck thanks yeah. for spending the time with us today guys yeah,
1: thank you time. thank you